Good morning. You can keep your Bibles open there to Philippians chapter 2. We're going to be springboarding out of that text for our study this morning. It's good to see you. It's good to be with you. It's good to be able to study God's Word, to worship with you. What a glorious time it is for us to be here, to lift up God in every way. That's what this day is all about. This day is all about worship to God. Now, our reality, uh, worldwide, worldwide reality, the name of Jesus is uttered more during this time of the year than at any other time. Now, instead of bemoaning that, I'd like to add, I, I would love for that to be the case all the time. Because that is what he deserves. His name to be uttered. His name to be lifted up. His name to be exalted continuously. And so I want us this morning to spend some time thinking about the significance of the name Jesus. You know, it's an interesting passage right here in Philippians chapter 2. Did you take note that in talking about Jesus, it is his name that comes to the forefront? I always found that interesting. We don't do it much like that. When we talk about the people that we know and the people that we interact with or the people that we're talking about, we use their name but rarely talk about their name. I want you to take a look one more time at Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. And I want you this time to be looking specifically for that. The Apostle Paul here says in Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 9, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What an interesting way to state that. And so this morning, I want us to be thinking about that. I want us to be thinking about the name of Jesus. We're going to be making some applications about the way that we use the name of Jesus. Why we should use the name of Jesus. Possibly why we shouldn't at times use the name of Jesus. And we're going to use this passage in Philippians chapter 2 to springboard off of. We're going to talk about a couple of things that are talked about specifically here. And we're going to start with what I do find is really interesting, is that in verse 9 we are told that this name is God-given. It is a godly name. It is a name handpicked by God. I want you to certainly hold your finger or put a ribbon in Philippians chapter 2. We're going to continuously come back to that passage. But look over to Matthew chapter 1. The very outset of Matthew chapter 1 is Jesus and his story unfolds for us. And the incredible story of Jesus and his birth born to Mary, a virgin, born in the house of Joseph, who would ultimately raise Jesus. But in the midst of all of that, listen to what we learn about his name. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, we're told this. Mary, told by God that she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. You see, for us in the world that we live in, we 
pick the name of our children. My parents picked my name. I chose the name Kim and I for all of our children. And for this situation, you would think, well, then Mary and Joseph would then get to choose the name of Jesus. But yet Jesus is not like other ones born. He's the son of God. And it makes sense that he would have a name given by God. But I want us to think just for a second about the significance of this name. The name itself means Jehovah is salvation. And I want you to see that Jesus in his very name points to the Father. Points to what he's all about. Specifically points to his love. I want you to think about Jesus. And God, as he put Jesus here on this earth, and he gave him the name that he gave him, he is communicating through Jesus in every way a message. And this message is a message of love, and it is a message of salvation. In Luke chapter 19, we learn that when we think about the very mission of Jesus, the very mission to seek and to save that which was lost. That was the mission of Jesus. Peter will make the point in 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That was God's desire. It was Jesus' mission. And so I want us to think, when we hear and we think Jesus, we are reminded that God is a God of love. But we're also reminded that God is in the saving business. That's his business. Oftentimes we paint the picture that God is in the condemning business. Now he will judge because he is just. But God is in the saving business. He wants everyone to be saved. And so what we have in Jesus is a message from God, a message of love, a message of salvation, a God-given name. Now I want you to go back to Philippians chapter 2 because the second thing that we see that is most important for us this morning, it is, it is an honored name. I want you to think about what's said about his name in Philippians chapter 2. God has highly exalted him. He has given a name, a name that is above every name. At his very name, every knee should bow. We start to read a passage like this and we see that Jesus' name is one to be honored. Now let's think about our sad reality. Think about the world that we live in. Maybe we think a little bit even of ourselves. The sad reality of our world today is that most of the time, when Jesus' name is uttered, it is in the most vain of ways. I want you to think about how often you hear the name Jesus. But then the sad reality becomes it is most often used as an exclamation 
instead of an adulation, if you will. And I want you to begin to think about this. And think about this moving forward. Think about your use of words like Jesus or words like God or derivatives of such. These are names, as we read in Philippians chapter 2, that are to be honored, that are to be lifted up, that are to be admired, that are to be revered, that are to be reverenced. Every single time the name of Jesus is to be uttered, it is to be one of praise. It is to be one of love. It is to be one of honor. It is the name that he was given by God. The sad reality that too often when it's used, it's used as some vain exclamation instead of an adulation. You see, the Bible helps us to see that when this name is to be used, when this name is to be heard, it is to be revered, it is to be honored through praise and through worship. Think about the text itself, how worship comes into play. Think about what's said specifically, that that God has exalted his name, he has made it above all of the other names that At his name, every knee should bow. So we see humility. We see humility and we see worship. The bowing of a knee, a clear sign of humility that Christ will be honored. But what about his name? His name should be worshipped in heaven. When his name is heard in the heavenly realm, it is the very catalyst for worship. Again, hold your finger in Philippians chapter 2. Look at the book of Revelation. Those of us that are studying the book of Revelation and have been over the last several months, this should uh, ring true, certainly something we've talked a lot about. But in Revelation chapter 7, listen to this text. As John is is, is revealing the things that he sees, that God is is showcasing for him, we see this scene in Revelation chapter 7. Beginning of verse 9, it says, And after these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations and tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. And they are crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb which is Jesus. And all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Now, we can look at lots of passages here at the beginning of the book of Revelation that when the Lamb, Jesus, shows up on the scene, it is the instant catalyst for praise. When he is there, the ones around praise him for who he is. He is to be worshipped. He is to be revered in heaven. But Paul also makes the point back in Philippians chapter 2, That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those on heaven, secondly, and of those on the earth. 
That's all of us today. That's where we are. We are here on the earth. And so I want you to be thinking, what, what is your thought instantaneously here upon hearing the name Jesus? Again, in heaven, when Jesus is said, it is instant catalyst for praise and worship. Paul says that should be the case here as well. And so we've got to analyze ourselves, is that the case? When we hear the name Jesus, is it also an instant catalyst for praise and for worship? When his name is heard, where does our mind go? Does it go to praise? Does it go to the cross? Does it go to love and salvation? Does it go to his goodness? Or do we think of something else entirely? You see, worship belongs to him and not just those in heaven or those on the earth but Paul says those under the earth we see this in the life of Jesus as he would come in contact with even various demons they would revere him worship him praise him for the power that he has and so the point that's being made here in Philippians chapter 2 is that yes every knee should bow And that is every knee. Heavenly knees, earthly knees, under the earthly knees. It is the height that his name has. But there's one other thing about that here in Philippians chapter 2. That it's not just a bowing of the knee, but it is a confession with the tongue. Every tongue will confess. It's not just about the walk, as we say, but also the talk. And I love this passage, how these two things are blended together. The bowing of the knee, the confession with the tongue. His name will be confessed by all creatures. And that is why we often talk about our vocal out loud praise of Christ and why it's so important. And that could come in various forms. Certainly in the way that we talk about him to the people we come in contact with. Our opportunities to talk about Jesus and to talk about the gospel, to tell others about Christ and the opportunities that we have. His name should be so high on our minds, that at every opportunity we have to speak of him, I'm jumping on that opportunity. Every opportunity that crosses my path to talk about Jesus, that's what I'm doing. But every opportunity I have to praise him, that's what I'm doing. I didn't talk to Kale. Uh, before our service about the songs that he was leading this morning. But, I mean, what we have praised God together and how we have done that this morning couldn't have been more perfect. As we have collectively praised God, praised Christ for who he is, and we have an opportunity now for a very quick application, maybe very quick repentance 
But a quick application is thinking back just a few moments. As we were praising him in song together, where was your mind? Where was your focus? Where were your vocals? And the opportunity to praise his name. But the opportunities we'll have even moving forward. So not only is it a godly name, it is an honored name. And then finally, it is a saving name. I want you to go back to Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, you have this incredible picture given to us in the context of Christ and what he has done. I want you to back up just a few verses with me to verse 5 of Philippians chapter 2. Uh, Paul says this about Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. You see, the very name of Jesus, as we mentioned a moment ago, is salvation. The very name of Jesus is salvation. And that ultimately is what he is and was all about. In the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4, the very outset, if you will, of the Lord's church. As we see various sermons being preached in Acts chapter 2 and in Acts chapter 3. And even here in Acts chapter 4, as the Sanhedrin is being addressed by Peter and John. And we see in Acts chapter 4, as he's talking to them about Jesus, he says this in verse 10. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Now verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You see, the very meaning of the name Jesus is salvation. And in that name, there is no other. You see, as we're in Philippians chapter 2 and we're reading these incredible passages about this Jesus and this Savior and this name that he has and the significance of this name, the significance is it is speaking about someone not dead but alive. And that's where our hopes rest. Our hopes rest, our exaltation rests on the name of someone who lives. So for us this morning, Jesus and Jesus alone conquered death. He brought salvation. And because of that, his name is to be glorified. One final passage. In Isaiah chapter 55, there is a really interesting admonition given. 
that I think plays out really well for us this morning. We think about this name and we think about the significance of this name and we think about the reality that it is this name that salvation comes. There is a really interesting passage for us this morning as we close. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. I've been thinking about that passage a lot this week. There's a lot of significance to that. And it points to the fact of the opportunities that we have. I made mention that uh, in our Bible class, we've been studying from the book of Revelation, and like everyone else, we are at the very end of our trimester. So we are at the very end of the book of Revelation. And the book of Revelation is a lot about the judgment of God. And specifically for those people there in the book of Revelation, and for them, a lot of that is talking about the specific judgment upon Rome. But at the very end of the book, he closes with the picture of final judgment. At a time, everyone, everyone will stand before God. At a time, all of our opportunities, which are vast, will be gone. There's a sad reality in the book of Revelation in the midst of seven trumpets being blown, warnings being fired by God, one after the other, after the other, after the other, to the inhabitants of Rome to repent in a sad reality that many won't. But for us today, trumpets blown by God, warnings, opportunities that we have to do something about our relationship with him, opportunities that won't be around forever. So there is great significance here in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 6. As Isaiah is talking to the people here, and he lets them know there's a time to do something now. But there won't always be a time. So you seek the Lord while he may be found. You call upon him while he is near. And so as we close, and as Kale is about to lead us in a song of invitation, I will invite with those words. If you are here this morning, and sin which which you have separates you from God, it is only the name of Jesus where salvation can be found. And you have an opportunity this morning to call upon that name to be baptized into Christ, to have your sins washed away. away. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him today while he is near. Or you may, in looking back, know that your relationship with God is not where it needs to be. Your opportunity is here. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon his name while he is near. And it may be this morning we can help you in some way. If we can, you let us know as we stand and sing.